Hello and welcome to another episode of Kitchen Conversation with James and Rama. I'm dialing in remotely today. My lovely wife is helping support the, this podcast by driving me as I'm tethered to a 5G hotspot making this podcast. On this episode of Kitchen Conversation, we're going to be looking at the question or the topic of learning and development. I just had to fill out my development dialogue today and I know Rama is doing some further study. So we're going to be looking at that topic. So if we haven't met before, my name is James Follett and Rama, you're the co-host. Well, my name is Ramadan. <laughs> with, uh, with only one name. Name so... Oh no, I was going to say the name so nice, you got to say it twice. <laughs> but it's well, only yeah, one name. But I will have to fix it at some point because it's causing me so much trouble now. Yeah. It's so hard. All the paperwork when it's a mandatory last name. Yep, boss, first name. My, my le- yeah. Legally, it's my last name. Yeah. Ramadan is actually my surname, <laughs> legally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a first name. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Ramadan. Yeah. Um, as we talk about learning and development, I know you've taken on some further study, Rama. What what was the, some of the thoughts behind that? What are you studying? Um, well, I think the reason why I decided to study again, one is uh, I, I was given the opportunity uh, where I currently work. They run a program where you know, they try to upskill their employee by providing uh, scholarships. Uh, and I took the Bachelors of Business Again, you know, as as you probably know, if you've listened to us before, we both worked in IT. That's sort of the field that we currently work in. But at the same time, I think James, we're going to get into this with you as well. Is you know, how do we get then to that leadership position? And uh, you know, to be honest, the I want to get to the point where you know, I I like managing the people. I want to be able to you know utilize um, and, 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 you know, sort of uh, use the resources that have been given to then, you know, sort of benefit the, the, the organization, but not from me going into, you know, a server room, plugging things in, write, writing codes, because again, you know, as, as much as I used to love that kind of stuff, I, I think I've, I've got enough of it to say, all right, now I think that's not where my skill set is. So that's the reason why I went for a, bachelor, uh, a master's of business rather than a, say, an IT degree like master's of cyber or, you know, master's of computer science or anything around the technical space. I went sort of for the more resource um, and and people, um, you know, degree, right? Strategic kind of thinking. So honing my skills as a leader, basically, because I think that's where I, I thrive. Um, and, you know, Jimmy, quote me if I'm wrong, but, you know, you, you, I've managed you before and I think, you know, I, I've managed you quite well where we, we work really well together. I don't think, I, I, you know, at any point you said, you know, I don't want to work for this guy anymore. <laughs> I mean, you were forced out of my team. but and I came was, back. Like, <laughs> and, and came back into it. Uh, uh, but I, I'm hoping as a manager, my people skills are sort of where I excel and, you know, I'm hoping you sort of, you know, um, you agree with that, right? You concur. <laughs> I, I, I concur. I think I flourished under your leadership, both because of the people skills, but you also could meet me where I was at with the technical, which was really useful so that you could point me in the right direction and guide me there, which I've found as invaluable experience starting off of, on my career. And it's almost probably as one of the first leaders of information technology that I've seen also been somewhat inspirational. Um, oh. My personal development and journey, That's- it's like... 
that's too nice. I think that's too nice. Obviously, <laughs> I was still learning to be yeah. a manager, but at the same time, I think what I wanted from you was to kind of yeah to grow your sort of your interpersonal skills because I know you're you know you've always been a brilliant technical-minded person, yeah. but I think at the time you know you sort of needed a little bit more of a guidance when it comes to the people side of things oh, because I, I, you know I, I think I remember the time when you were so young and fresh and you just assume everybody has the same mindset as you and yeah. as you find out people don't people don't think like you and what you yeah. think makes sense does not make sense to them so I'm hoping I sort of given you a little bit oh, of a, a, a you know of a step up in that direction oh definitely I think jargon has been the biggest thing that I've had to start to be conscious of when I communicate, like walking up to people. And if I'm like, start talking all this technical mumbo jumbo, people just look at me with a blank face and nod <laughs> and smile. <laughs> and be like, it's really great you're enthusiastic. But I had a few people on like, be like, I, I really, I can see you're enthusiastic there, James, but I didn't understand a word of that. <laughs> Just to be like really direct that I'm like, oh wait, I've got to go back and all the language that I'm using and the technical terminology is not helping me communicate the thing clearly. Cause it's yeah. the way that I think the words are just coming out of my mouth. So trying to translate that um, yeah. to make and, and, sense. And surprisingly, uh, New James, who, uh, who currently works under me is, you know, in a similar boat, you know, when he starts explaining things, I understand it, but I can see the people around him are just, you know, doing the usual, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And at the end of it, I'll go to them, did you get what, what it means? Oh, you know, they'll do be polite and go, I think I get the gist of it. Look, I can't, you know, especially if they're a senior yeah. leadership that's a decision maker, I'll be like, I, I can't. I can't have you just having the gist. I need you to understand what he explained. And then yeah. I would then re-explain the same thing in human language. They go, ah, right. Yeah. So I think this is the reason why I've taken a direction of going towards management um, and strategy rather than technical and uh, in a sort of the engineering or, or the, the more, you know, uh, what do you call it? The, the more, yeah, the, the, the more technical aspect of IT because again, I understand it, but as you know, I don't have the, the knack that you have when it comes to codes and, and things like that way. I think you have that mindset and now you're developing your side of, which is your, your, your sort of your, yeah. your management and strategic Definitely. side, which is, you know, so tell me what you're doing about that. Yeah. So like I've started kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm almost got too many choices. Like I've, I'm almost at the moment trying to keep both my options open. So on the technical side of things, looking to pursue like Salesforce administrator certification. So, I'm technically better at using Salesforce as a technology to solve problems for people, but also doing things like uh, agile foundations for project management, because mm -hmm. that involves kind of people skills and management of resources to help solve those business problems. And often the agile framework is used in IT and technology projects, but I also kind of doing my development dialogue stuff today for work step back and it's like well what do i want to do what do, where do i want to be in like a decade or 20 years and like mm. what is it what is a pathway to being like a cio look like for a chief information or a chief technology officer and like yep. what what milestones of experience and qualifications do i hit along the way so it made me think about oh when when might i need to look at going for a mba a masters of business administration to enhance my skill set and broaden that um, which is really interesting but also thinking about because I was a I think the nickname of what I was in uni was a busy biscuit because I was studying business and IT and it was a bachelor of science in IT which is how they got the busy and the biscuit um, kind of abbreviating that 
but it's like, well, what does an MBA add on top of my business degree? Um, because I have that rounding. Is it the managerial side of things with leadership or are there other leadership skills that I need to learn on that journey with problem solving and people management that yeah. enhances my professional ability and aptitude? Um, and some things like what can you learn in a degree that's certifiable versus how, like, this is one I'd love, like, bounce off you for your feedback on is what are the other things that, like, the experiences that aren't certifications that you need to have runs on the board to be able to know how to deal with situations? How do you kind of quantify experience versus certification was the kind yeah. of question I was left with. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, that's probably a very deep question and we, we can have a couple of hours conversation on that. But I think for me, from you know, when, you, when you're talking about experience, it definitely counts being in different situation. Um, uh, as you know, you know, this is what probably my fourth or fifth job, right? And in, in both, I've been uh, a, a report or an underling, right? And I've also been a manager mm. and, and, you know, somebody who then, you know, has to report to. So, uh, and, and at the same time, I think for you, for example, have a look at your managers, right? And and then I think I did, you know, when I was younger and, and and actually got a lot of guidance, especially from other managers that I had, you know, good managers that sort of guided me and said, hey, have a look at your, your current manager or, and then see what they're doing that you think is right. And it's, you know, it's actually helping you, for example, or helping the business and go, all right, that's the kind of things you, you need to absorb. And then obviously you also need to look at what they're doing wrong, which, you know, it's not the thing that just doesn't make sense. You just need to get, take a note and go, all right, that's the kind of things you need to avoid. Um, and, and unfortunately, there's no shortcuts to a lot of these things. Like you can you can do a degree on leadership. You can do a bunch of courses or, or you know, those workshops that companies offer, right? Mm. But nothing substitutes just being in the situation and, and being able to make some of those decisions. And yeah. um, I think in your current job, I'm hoping your, your managers are allowing you to make some of these decisions, regardless whether you're right or wrong. Um, yeah. And, and learn from those decisions. If you, do, if you did it right, fantastic. You know, that's another one on, that you can put in your mind and say, all right, that's how you handle this type of situation. But at the same time, if you make a mistake, you make a decision and it's bad, that's when you go, all right, I, I, I can't be doing that again, right? I mean, and you know, don't get me wrong. I wasn't a perfect manager by any means when I was at WH. Like, I made plenty of bad decisions. And that's why I said sometimes I get, um, you know, I butt heads with a few, you know, leaders because they assume that, those decisions are, you know, they expect me to make the right decision every single time. And unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm also still learning, as you know, like, yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, that's why I say about here with, the, you know, the people like the, the head of Fresh Plus and stuff like that, because they assume that I'm going to make the right call every single time, you know, 100% of the time. And unfortunately, I, I can't do that. Like, I, I'm yeah. also going to make mistakes. I'm also going to make, you know, rash personal decisions that will benefit me personally, for example, but not benefit the company, for example, just because I was in that situation and we can get into that later. Um, there was an example of that when I went to the Gold Coast, for example, right? I made a decision that I thought was going to be okay uh, and it was going to help me personally, but it did not, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, then, then yeah. it sort of, uh, yeah, it caused, caused a lot of um, issues. But at the same time, I learned from it. You know, it wasn't like I repeated it again. That's the key. So also is mm. just don't repeat the same mistake, right? Because uh, you're not going to get a different result when you just making the same types of decision and you're not going to get the yeah. different results. So, you know, I mean, I think, uh, the, I guess personal development is interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, you know, you got the two sides, you got your sort of your 
uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, verifiable, you know, yeah. certifiable, you know, yeah. people you know, that can actually go, yep, you are competent, you're not competent. Yeah. Or they, they, hear, they hear my uh, certificate type qualifications of here's the wall of achievements that I've got. Yes. And, and you know, don't get me wrong, those are, those are also very useful because then, you know, if you're going to be playing in that realm, you need to understand what, you know, the tools and, and the technology that you're going to be, you know, uh, dealing with, right? And if you yeah. don't understand it, like this is why when I was managing, it was a lot easier for you because you could explain it to me in a technical manner and I yeah. could understand it. And then I could yeah. then pass that information on to the people above me who won't have any technical knowledge in a way that they would understand because you know because there's a difference between what i absorb from you and what i'm going to communicate to them you know i'm going to take it a bit about benefits i'm going to break it down by benefits i'm going to break it down by roi i'm going to break it down by you know risks where you did not give that to me but i understood it but you give it to me in a technical form right this is what happened when you know we don't upgrade a database to you know we're going to run out of space you know ram usage reason you know like um you know yeah. cpu capacity yeah. all that kind of stuff but then uh, when i go up to them i'm not going to say many, i'm not going to mention any of that right i'm going <laughs> to mention things like yeah look you know our systems are going to slow down we're going to you know increase yeah. our uh, transaction um time you know which means we're going to take less transaction per per x amount you know you got to quantify in a way that it makes sense to oh, them. Yeah, so that's the kind of thing that i think you're going to develop a lot um in your current role because you're going to have to do that yeah and it's the difference between oh a hard drive is going to fill up on a server so all the tills could crash on Monday morning because they've got nowhere yeah. to send their sales same, data. Same message, but versus <laughs> thing. Same same technical thing. Exactly because you're telling me that we're gonna run out of hard drive space and this is what's gonna happen. For me, I can't say any of that because they don't understand what running out of hard drive space mean. Uh, but what they will understand is the impact of it yeah. um, and what we can do to fix it. And I'm not gonna tell them, look, you know, we're gonna go and put more hard drive. Well, I'm gonna say, look, we're gonna need more resources. We're gonna have to spend a bit more money to increase our capacity. Yeah. Things like that where they go. Oh, that makes sense to me. If I tell them, I just we need to go and buy more hard drives or pay you know, more so that we can get uh, an increase in gigabyte, they'll be like, you "Don't know. you have enough gigabytes?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, gigabytes. How many gigabytes do you need? Yeah, can, can we not download anymore? Yeah, <laughs> um, and it just helps move the conversation to a way, like to a place that gets business solutions. And I think going back to the comments you made, just like experience and learning from experiences, not making the same mistakes. Just having patience to be able to realize that you, you can't make life happen more quickly than one day at a time. So the experience that I learn are things that will happen day in and day out to help grow mm. and be nurtured as part of my professional journey and career that, oh, if I didn't articulate something, well, I've got another chance to, when a new deep technical problem comes up tomorrow, I've got a new way of being like, well, this means that someone's laptop could be compromised and there's a business risk to that and put it in terms of pros and cons and risks and benefits to a business context yep. instead of, hey, <laughs> we could hit full, all our hard drives could be filled up. Exactly. And so I said, yeah, it's, it's all about, you know, knowing your audience, right? Knowing who you're talking to. Um, and also, yeah, I'm hoping that you're in an environment that is supportive of your personal development because, you know, we had environments where it wasn't the case where, yeah. again, like I said, they, they, they expect perfection every single time. Like, how am I going to learn if I'm not expected to make mistakes or, you yeah. know, learn yeah. from those mistakes, right? Where, as I said, we had managers that were able to do that. We had managers that weren't, right? you know, for example, oh. you know, I had managers like, uh, Nick, you know, who did allow for growth and he did show me what an unorganized person, you know, looks like and then what I shouldn't be doing when I do get to that position and things like that, where you know, somebody like Neil, you know, who was, you know, who was very organized, 
who you know then has a lot of trust in you and then want to know very little and then you have a manager like Tamara who wants to know every single detail of what you're doing which you know she will not even understand the scope of you know and know you probably knew when you were working for her she was that type of person she just wants to know every little tiny detail and you're like well you don't need to know that just I'll show you the result at the end of it because you know this is my this is my realm yeah um, I, I think I've been fortunate to have more good managerial styles to help me grow along the journey Mm. Um, and currently, like even my current boss has introduced me to other IT professionals within the network doing similar roles to me. It's like I'm one person doing many things and I've been able to intru- be introduced to other professionals who are people doing different functions in a larger IT team to mm. see what the future could look like and how a team could scale, which was really exciting and have yeah, some of those yeah. conversations just to like build and develop my IT network was mm. something that I was excited to do last year that I'll continue to do yep. this year. Like, you're my friend and I can stay in touch with you, but it's also good having another IT professional to bounce ideas off and be like, hey, oh, like I, I know I can just reach out if I've got a technical thing to run past you and, and you'll be there as a support, yeah. which is awesome to have a network like that of IT professionals. Exactly, and and I think for me, one of the things that that I think I've been very fortunate about is being able to work in the public sector, right? And then see uh, why sometimes we go, you know, why is the the environment that we we operate in happens this way, right? And we yeah. go, okay. Uh, a lot of the time, you know, the, when people go talk about governments and talking about the public sector is around bureaucracy and stuff. Mm. I see it now for myself firsthand. But at the same time, I understand why they are happening is because the public expects these, you know, us as uh, officers of the Commonwealth, right, to behave a certain way and we are yeah. held to a certain code of conduct. And, and and in order to for us to be able to prove that is the transparency that we need to do everything by the book. And, 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 and you know, that, uh, for me, there's frustrations in it, obviously coming from the private sector where decision could be made based on the company's requirements and the company's needs and the company's yeah. resource. In the government, it's a little bit more different. It's based on, you know, whether what you're doing is ethical. You got to think about that, right? And then are you yeah. are you following the right processes? And will it achieve your, you know, the outcome that you're looking for? Yeah, because yeah. In, in government, the outcome is never monetary. Yes, yeah. there's going to be value for money um, consideration, but that's not number one. Where in a business, yeah. a lot of the time, it is about the return, of invest, uh, return on investment and uh, the benefit, you know, that, that is quantifiable. Remember that? Like, yeah. remember we learned in W.H. Smith is every decision we make has to be able to be quantified yeah. in, in a dollar figure of some way. Yeah. You know, so even when we're talking about efficiencies, you know, we never quantify that, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I remember doing that when it comes to like how you know, number of staff we have and all that. And I was doing the quantification yeah. by his number we can resolve which means this number of downtime we, we're going to reduce by. And then by that downtime, we re- reduce it by, let's just say, five minutes a day. Yeah. Multiply that by how many days in a year. Put five minutes of your staff's time times this much. How much is your st- five minutes of your staff's worth? Average, multiply, then you get a dollar figure out of it. You yeah. go, you know what? I can save you $50,000 this year yeah. based yeah. on these calculations. And then they go, makes sense. Yeah. In, in the public sector, you don't have that. You don't have that yeah. need, right? For you, it's about the actual outcome. Okay, what are you trying to achieve? Yeah. We're trying to teach kids how to do field, field craft. Okay, what do you need? Oh, we need A, B, and C. So will it achieve the goal of teaching them field craft? It will, great. Yeah. 
go for it. Here's yeah. $20 million or whatever. I'm yeah. just making and how do, you, how do you qualify that public good? Of the public benefits, the community, society. Oh yeah. Oh, exactly. And and the funny thing is, um, because I work for for the cadet branch, I you know we have to quantify the benefit of the cadet program to society. Yeah. And obviously, there's no quantification of dollar figure yeah. in there. It's all about you know public good, right? You know, these are going to be future leaders. They're going to be able, you know these people. These kids are not um, spending their time you know loitering or doing crime or doing something silly or you know getting yeah. into uh, bad situations like drugs and alcohol and things like that where now we've got a place where they can feel pride they can be feel, uh, feeling like they're part of a team they have a belonging all these kind of things yeah. that are going to give them the skills and experiences in life and you know that's how you quantify the benefit it's so different yeah. to smiths where you know even just a matter of hiring someone you got to be able to quantify that benefit yeah. in a dollar figure so it's yeah. such a different experience it's a different kind of numbers game where you realize that there's more than just the, the monetary utility and the monetary yeah math. I mean I mean you work for an, uh, you know like a like a non-profit right so how do they quantify uh, you know success oh definitely and it's like when we measure by results we want to ma- make sure we're hitting our field distribution because the money is oxygen to the mission to make sure that we're having impact in the field. And we're actually in the process of doing uh, like impact studies to measure like before, after the impact of the work we've been doing to see how transformation of justice systems work, which is exciting to see the difference and the results. Yeah. And, and also, no, yeah, you go for the question because I was going to go onto a slightly different topic. Yeah, well, I was saying I wanted to ask a question about that, right? Um, so from you know, I guess. When, when you're trying to do, you know, sort of improvements, right? Mm-hmm. Operational improvements, for example, do you try to go and say, all right, you know what, this is how we're going to improve by, let's just say, reducing the, um, uh, the, the, what do you call it, the, the resource spent on administration so that more of it can then make it to the actual, you know, recipient? Is that like, a, is that a metric that's used as well for, for yeah. continual improvement? Uh, one, one way, yeah, we use the, um, ratio of field funds sent to the field and administrative expenses as kind of an overall annual report type thing um, mm. to demonstrate, hey, this is how much goes to the field to do the work and improvements there. But also when I kind of write an IT budget, if everyone, if I don't spend money on laptops and people's laptops are breaking in the office to do their job, I just make sh- think about it in terms of when we scale up revenue, how do we scale expenses in a way that's cheaper so that the cost of growing in revenue doesn't mean our costs will grow exponentially, that it actually means our costs scale better so that they're cheaper as we achieve economies of scale is kind of how I think about it from the IT area. Or you're in a bad reception area. Ooh, bad reception. And I can see, hopefully I'm back because I can see your facial expressions, but being able to scale my costs in a way that the costs are not increasing as quickly as we are growing revenue through donations so that we can disperse more funds to the field. So making sure as we achieve economies of scale that our cost per unit is going down. 
Right. Even yeah. though net costs might be going up, but per like, like laptop per person is something that we're better getting by better vendor agreements and things. Yeah, um, no, no, that's 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 great to hear because I think I think for for a company like us, I'm assuming that's the case, right? I mean, you trying to you want to make sure that all the donation, all the the kind of the yeah. stuff you got, really end, you know, makes it to the 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 end, you know, sort of the end recipient. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't achieve that without yeah. then pulling up your people to do the job, right? The so, hell. yeah, and I every time I look to bring on kind of a new software solution, like straight first question out I get, like, do you have a not-for-profit discount? Do you have any favorable terms for things like that to see what they can offer to help reduce our costs? Yeah, it's great. It's great to see because, like I said, yeah, you know, obviously, in 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 a you know, an organization like yours, you you like I said, yeah, you wanna have as much impact on on your your mission, right? Not just using it internally kind of thing. But like I said, I understand what you mean because you 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 do need resources, unfortunately. You know, they don't come, you know, things don't come for free. You know what yeah. I mean? So completely yeah. agree. Completely agree. Yeah, the cash is the fuel. That it, yeah. Okay, sorry, we were to get into finishing. something. I'll let but you yeah. continue moving through from just kind of measuring results of like casework of we've rescued this many people or prosecuted that many people mm. but moving to metrics to measure how we've kind of catalyzed transformation at a systematic level is the thing that we're trying to understand now of it's not just about the hundreds or thousands of individual people that we've rescued um and their stories how do we take it up a level so that we have uh tens of thousands hundreds of thousands millions potentially even billions of people protected so that they never have to be the survivor of violence again so how do you extend it from individual cases to protection of communities on yeah. a grander scale and what does that process look like for measuring the impacts is yeah. one of the things I'm excited about seeing things develop towards like a yeah. 2030 goal and a 2030 vision. Well, that, that that sounds really good because now I understand like, okay, yeah, it's, you know, it's great that we're rescuing people, but I think the, 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 the bigger goal here is to prevent them from being in that situation in the first place, right? Yeah. Rather than rescuing them, they just never had the experience at all, which is, yeah. which is really cool. And I think that's a really good, um, you know, sort of a, a goal you try to achieve, you know. I know 2030 sounds like, you know, you got eight years, but you know what, in, in this kind of situation, eight years is nothing, right? Oh, definitely. It's nothing. So it's it's a very short time. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, that's a very lofty goal. So, uh, you know, I guess it'll be interesting to kind of see that develop. And and yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, you with with, with your progression, you, you, you'll be able to, to have a bit of an input from a strategic perspective and yeah. from a leadership perspective to kind of make that happen. Uh, in the most efficient way, in the most you know impactful way, let's just mm. say it might not be yeah. the most efficient, but at least the one that's gonna call, you know have the most impact, and you know you you're gonna have to mm. come up with the solu a technological solution to help the guy that are actually performing those um yeah. you know th those those changes, right? Whether that's oh, legislatively, uh, you know whether that's you know physically being on the ground, mm. uh, you know stuff like that. So we will yeah. be very interesting to see what what comes out of that. Definitely. But yeah, that's really good to hear. Yeah, and from my learning, development, and growth, that practically looks like I've started volunteering there five-ish, five years ago, and then got off a, a role four years ago. So as I look towards 2030, um, all these numbers will be in the annual reports. So 
we're looking like I would have seen a million dollars in revenue in one of up up to maybe even a little bit less in my first year there. But looking at a trajectory of scaling to a hundred million of revenue by twenty thirty for Australia to contribute to funding um, the people the protection of people around the world and try and end slavery in our lifetime. So looking to scale to $100 million, that's me growing to help grow with the mission, to grow with the impact that we're having, mm. but also how do I build systems that scale to be able to support that um, revenue and those donations to be able to make sure everything is working. How do you build IT capacity is one of the things that I'm excited about. It's like the uh, analogy of infrastructure. How do you build the roads so that the cars are ready to drive on them for tomorrow. Yep. No, that's it's that's that is like I said, that's a really excellent and and I'm hoping that uh, you know we can have a bit more further conversation around this, especially around the kind of things that you're doing, and and, and sort of the, the the other things around that, right? Um, and like I said, you know, I, I was I wanted to have this conversation with you. But I thought, look, you know, let's wait till you're actually at home and and, and you know not not in the middle of a of the road. Um, <laughs> yeah, because like I said, you know, then we can sort of get into the next bit, which is you know sort of personal development and what we're yeah. doing in our lives and things like that to kind of you know to try to help us because you know as, you know you can have all the professional development in the world, but yeah. if you don't you know also develop yourself personally, um, it, it's you know it's it's not gonna gonna have the the most impact, right? Because oh, I think personal development is is very important, and I think. That's something that I really want to talk to you about because I think you know I so said we we've known each other now for uh, you know close to what ten years maybe yeah. maybe even more now. Um, yeah, we're I think we're almost coming up to this is nine next year will be ten. Yeah, coming on in twenty thirteen. Exactly. So you know, be be really good to kind of go. You know what? In the ten years we've known each other, you know what kind of things that we you know we we've sort of developed on. Mm. And just like I said, both of us had had personal you know development. You know, guaranteed. Definitely. You know, we both had personal growth. Um, from from all kinds of aspect, right? Whether that's financially, whether that's spiritually, and yeah. some of the stuff that I really want to get into, and I'm hoping we can, you know, sort of have that in the next episode because that kind of then ties in with what you're doing as well at the yeah. moment. And what I'm doing, obviously, my job doesn't relate to my, you know, sort of my spirituality and stuff like that. But at the same time, um, there is things in the aspects in there that I want to mm-hmm. talk about that I think I'm doing for myself spiritually yeah. at the workplace, right? Definitely. So. And then I'm hoping that's going to help the people that are listening and going, oh, you know, I didn't know I could do that. You know, I didn't know that actually that's the kind of thing I can actually do or, 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 or benefit me from a professional perspective if I actually develop my personal stuff. Yeah, you know, definitely. Life. So and I think that opens up a great segue into this was now part one of professional development, the <laughs> learning and growth and development. And next episode will be on part two for personal growth and development thinking about finances, spiritual life values as part of that when I'm sitting back at my computer and not so much on the road. (laughs) Well, exactly. And then I sort of I guess we can do a, you know, how much have we grown in the 10 years we've known each other kind of thing, right? It's going to be a very big contrast, right? But like you were 18 and I was 28. Now we know sort of coming up to, you're going to become 28. I'm going to become 38. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be be, be the age that I... I'll be the age that I met you at. Yeah. Kind uh, of yeah. You, you'll be the age uh, uh, yeah, of, of the age that you met me, right? Yeah. At, at, at the time you met me, yeah. you'll be at that age, exactly. Yeah. And, and, 
and like I said, you know, if if what I what I can give you um, is gonna help you for the next ten years, Definitely. and is gonna make you let's just say ten spaces or ten steps ahead of yeah. where I am at thirty eight, then, then that's gonna benefit me as well. Oh, in definitely, of, getting yeah further faster and exactly. being able to you'll be able to drop. A, I remember when you're at you were my age, kind of <laughs> remarks. <laughs> or vice versa, if I got well, that when, when, yeah, when I first met you, I said, I remember when I was 18. <laughs> yep. That's the beauty about age, you know, you can never yep. catch up to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. There <laughs> <laughs> will always be that same gap in between. <laughs> and 10 years is a pretty good, you know, it's a oh. pretty good gap. Like, I can't believe we actually are 10 years apart in age. Like, yep. I was born in 85 and you were born in 95, so. Oh, good solo up. I'm just even like, how, how far phones have come in that decade, like... What, like, 10 years ago, what version of the uh, iPhone or were you dabbling in Android at that stage? Uh, 2012, I'll probably be Android, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, iPhone from, like, 09 till 11 or 12, and then I went Android till back. I went back to yeah. the iPhone, you know, in, like, 2020. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there was a big gap. Exactly. I mean, we can yeah, talk yeah. about that. That's fine. So, hey, here we go. Look at that, you know. So, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Kitchen Conversation. Kitchen Conversations is a podcast where Rama and I talk about things we used to talk about in the kitchen and you get to be a fly on the wall with our conversations that we would have had over lunchtime as we ate together. And it originally started off tracking our journey along our online businesses, but it's also now evolved and grown into a podcast where it's just tracking the conversations we would literally just randomly have in the kitchen from lunchtime to lunchtime so thank you for tuning in if you've got any questions feel free to email kitchenconversations at font.net and we can answer those for you on a potential future episode and make sure you tune in for part two where we look at personal development in the next episode rama any closing remarks uh closing remarks uh you know if you are where you are in your career, I think I suggest, you know, keep growing, keep learning uh, and, and make sure that you cherish every day. So, yeah. Yeah. And my closing remark would be, I think this is a quote often misattributed to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so people will say he said this, but I don't, he didn't actually say this. That if I had four hours to cut down a tree... I'd spend three hours sharpening the axe. So my analogy for that quote is spending time on learning growth and development can make whatever the job is easier in the future to get the job done. That's that's a great quote. And I, like I said, I don't think Abe Lincoln said it, but anyway. <laughs> but it's a great quote nonetheless. Indeed. And, I've heard multiple provisions of that. But yeah, great quote, definitely. Great quote nonetheless. So thank you for tuning in. We want to encourage you to stay safe, stay healthy, and follow the government guidelines wherever you are as we hopefully come out of the tail end of this pandemic. And we'll see-